Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Coolest thing that happened so far today, um, Billy Saris, uh, Saris Candy. My man gave away $150,000 worth of chocolate-covered Oreos to the East End Cooperative Ministry. He did it live on this show about an hour ago. 150,000 kids and families will light up $150,000 worth of chocolate. Why did he do it? Because he can and because he's a great man. So one of the most dangerous jobs on earth, undercover narcotics officer. Think about this. You're living in a town the size of Pittsburgh, which is really kind of small. And you're doing undercover buys in the same town. For more than 20 years. Think about it. You're arresting the same people over and over again with drugs. Your life is in danger all the time. Yet you do it because you love it, because you give a damn. And that describes my man Glenn. What's up, brother? How are you? Pretty good. How are you today, Marty? How long have you been a cop, man? Uh, 35 years. 35. You're retiring. Mm-hmm. When? Uh, it was official on Tuesday, on the 5th. Tuesday. So you're done, brother. Yes. I'm done. <laughs> Man. So, all that time in Pittsburgh, how many undercover drug buys did you do? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I can fix the number to it. I, uh, out of the 35 years I've been on, I've been in narcotics for 33 years. Wow. So for 33 years, yeah. So thousands, I could say, over the years. Yes. How many times did you make drug buys from the same person? Numerous. Numerous. Uh, there's been, t- yeah, there's been times I've been in court and the, uh, literally the judge has looked at the individual that I've arrested and, and asked them, says, you've sold to Detective Harrison like three times. This right. is your third time getting arrested. But, right. You know, <laughs> how does this happen? You know, so. And how are you alive? How How is it that they don't shoot you in the face? Seriously. Well, uh, you just kind of use all the tricks, knowledge, skills, experience at your disposal. And uh, it just depends. You know, one of the things is uh, they tend to look at money more than they look at your face. Oh. Uh, you offer enough money. 
you know, and uh, it's enticing. Glenn Harrison joining me. One of my favorite people who has a, he's amazingly dedicated uh, to his family and his parents. I've been in his house and met his parents. They're magnificent, magnificent people. My man, here's the thing about your life as you look back. Don't you kind of think, man, all that work, all those drug buys, yet every single day people are still dying from this junk. Doesn't that make you crazy? It can if you let it. Um, The way I look at it is I understand that you're never going to stop the drug flow. We're only trying to, at least the way I see it, is you can manage it in your little corner of the world. And uh, I worked here in Pittsburgh. So uh, Pittsburgh was my little area of responsibility to try to manage the drug flow. How many people over the years, seriously, roughly, have died while you were an undercover cop from drug overdoses? How many that you can recall? Wow. Uh, I definitely couldn't put a number to that. It's it's a lot. Hundreds. A Hundreds. lot of people. Uh, because, Hundreds. Yeah, people would overdose over and over before they would die, you know. Wow. All right, my man, can you hang around? Yeah. Can you hang? Absolutely. I want to talk yes, to you about law enforcement and being a cop and staying in the game this long and Pittsburgh and crime. You got to hear this stuff. Love this man. Here's why I love, um, here's why I love Glenn Hurston. He's a, a hero, unsung. The, these undercover guys, man, man, they put it out there. They go and they buy drugs. Do you hear what he said? He's bought drugs from the same guy three times. And I'm telling you, man, they just as soon shoot you in the face. And he's done it well for 35 years. One of my boys uh, sent me a text, said the Glenn had the best sources ever in Pittsburgh. He's retiring. So I got to ask him. As Glenn says, like I say, he's seen everything twice. Have you ever seen the department in this position, sir, the police department in Pittsburgh? Well, I, there's been a lot of changes over the years. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of changes occur over the years. Everything seems to be cyclical. Okay, when you see the drug dealers that get arrested downtown and kicked in two hours, when you see the juveniles with AKs, home with mommy, how does that strike you as a guy that's seen everything twice as an undercover cop here? Well, I can I can tell you, Marty, that, you know, I was around and working in the 90s when, if you remember, we had the uh, the gangs were a big thing here. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was all kind of shootings and all kind of nasty weapons floating around and so forth. And uh, as I said, you know, things are kind of cyclical. They tend to, you know, to come around again. So I'm not surprised when I see certain certain things, you know, I seen it before and uh and um you know i I do believe that things will get under control again and of course you know it'll become cyclical again uh after after a few decades of seeing it you just see it keep coming around again hey man uh schwarzwald union president i swear to god he said this to me he said i would lock my son in the basement before i allow him to be a cop 
What do you say about that? Well, actually, that's kind of funny. I can remember my uh, youngest daughter, uh, when she was just coming into her, her teens, uh, she told me that uh, she wanted to be a cop. And uh, actually, I just laughed. And uh, <laughs> and I said, no. No. I just told her, no. Why? Yeah. it's uh, There's a lot of challenges on this job. It changes you. It's difficult. Uh it's hard not to be changed and, and jaded by the job. Uh, it's hard on you as far as sleep, yep. uh, taking care of yourself, so forth. And I just, I didn't want it for her. Uh, I wanted, I thought that she can um, do something, become a doctor, you know, become a, become a lawyer, become something. Uh, you don't need to let yourself get beat down because uh, it, it is a rough job. You deal with a lot. You really do deal with a lot. Let's get real here. Now, this is Glenn Harrison, Pittsburgh cop, retired. This job beat the hell out of you physically. Did it not, sir? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of lasting injuries. Kind of give us a description um, so people get it where you're at physically. Uh, well, uh, two replaced hips, uh, bad shoulders, uh, cervical uh, damage needing surgery, lower back needing surgery, uh, things of that nature. So yeah, you know, you get pretty uh, you get pretty beat up, or you can you can get pretty beat up. Uh, there are those, I guess, who managed to escape with uh, not as many injuries, or maybe not you know not too much. But uh, no, you you can get pretty beat up on this job. You know what I noticed though with you, man, because we know each other. Um, you never change your focus on your love for your family. Is that fair? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's my motivating force. Why? Well, uh, you know, I'm only able to sustain myself because of my family. Exactly. You know, that's that's who's always there for, exactly. always there for you is your family, exactly. no, no matter what. Exactly. And uh, as you know, I lost my mother maybe, yep. what, nine, ten months ago, yep. and it was... And, you know, pretty devastating. My my dad is going going through some things, um, and that's kind of hard, you know. But um, you try to stick to the good memories uh, and what they've done for you, and you you try to represent that as well as you can, and and you just don't let go of that. You you continue to live in that vein. Hey, my man, do you feel like you made a difference? I definitely feel like I made a difference, but it may not be in the way that many people think. Like, do I think I curved the stem of drug flow? Probably not. Right. Uh, but what I'm most proud of, the thing I think of all the time, is all the people that I've helped who have sent letters to the mayor's office and said, this individual really helped me in, in, in whatever way. And just said, uh, even even when I was in uniform, uh, small things I did that people said, thank you, thank you. And it, that means a lot to me. And and even individuals that I've arrested that I've helped get on the right track. You know, you, <clears throat> you know I have individuals who call me today uh, who I've arrested in the, in the past wow. and say, hey, are you okay? Merry Christmas or where? Thank you for what you did. I'm back in school. I'm doing thus wow. and so. You know, that's what's important to me. Hey, my man, if I rolled you back 35 years and said, hey, Glenn, you want to be a cop? What would you say? <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because uh, 
I'm back that far. I was a cop. I was in the uh, federal system then. Though. I was a, a federal officer yep. before coming on with yep. with the uh, uh, city. But um, yeah, if I had to, to do all over again, would I? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, it's been bittersweet. Yep. Uh, I've learned to fly. I wouldn't be who I am now had I not done it. Um, so there's uh, there's positive and negative to everything. So I'm not I'm not so sure. Quite often I, I I think to myself, where would I be in life had I not gone into law enforcement? What would I be doing? And um, you know, I always come back to this thing where I say, well, I'm glad I did it. Uh, it's given me a certain perspective on things. Uh, I'm in a position to know things that I can share and and use to help others that I probably wouldn't have had if it were not for the uh, experience of being in law enforcement. You are my brother. You know that, man. I love you. I love what you've done, and I love that I've been able to uh, have a relationship with you. Thanks, my man. I appreciate it, Marty. Good talking with you. Hi, my man. Talk to you again. Now that is greatness. He has an insane reputation on the streets as a magnificent law enforcement officer and a better man. Love it. Love it. It comes in all day long. I get five to ten of these a day. The siblings have been attending the boys' club for years. They're intelligent, funny, and they care. Their mother's hardworking. And they would love a safe place where they can grow by themselves. And they desperately need furniture. This uh, furniture for families program that we've been doing for several years now is magnificent. But I'll tell you what, and um, I told Robert Levin this, the entries, the uh, nominees, they're so emotional. They're so compassionate. And some of them are so hurt by life or finances or health that you want to help everyone. And there is a a bittersweet nature to this thing, which is uh, tough but glorious what Robert Levin started. My man, how are you? Good, Marty. How you doing this morning? Well, I'm a little upset. Ask me why. Okay, why is that? <laughs> you called in here to Samantha and said, I have an interview with Larry Richard. Oh, I met you guys. See, 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 <laughs> Sammy bailed on me. Hey, Robert, we've talked about this, man. We kind of think alike. We want to help everyone. And sometimes that can get frustrating, can it, sir? Yeah. I mean, when you told me how many applications we have, it just, you know, blows you away because our program, as you know, Marty provides five families with um, uh, furniture shopping spree, $5,000 and, and gifts for the kids' toys. But that's a drop in the bucket, and uh, it makes it tough. So, but as you said, you know, it's, you do what you can, and... Um, we're making some difference. Oh, it's amazing. I tell you what, my man, I get to go to all these homes and the way people light up, you you don't really understand how much furniture means because guys like us have always had stuff. You know what I'm saying? But when you go into a house where they have no beds, it's kind of amazing. Is it not, sir? You see some pretty desperate situations. No question. And, you know, we're trying to help a little bit. 
So um, we increased it from last year. I'm, and when we realized how much demand there was, oh, I love it. The program was just three homes, and we went to five this year. And right. Just, uh, you know, glad we could do that amount. I did want to mention that. Yeah, I yeah, think of course. Folks are familiar with another organization because clearly there's going to be people who are families that are going to be disappointed. Yep. Because they were nominated and uh, they weren't selected by the by the uh, Boys and Girls Club. But um, we're working a lot now with an organization called the Blessing Board. Wonderful group. Oh. Uh, two locations. You know them well. Um, they're in Shaler. They're in West Mifflin. They have these large uh, facilities and they accept uh, drop-offs of gently used furniture, mattresses they take. They're also getting into durable home equipment like um, uh, walkers yep. and wheelchairs yep. and rollers. And these are things that are expensive and folks uh, you know, have a need for them at some point, and then they don't have a need. And so they've been repurposing them, fixing them, and getting them ready to provide for folks in the community. They've, they get Many, many, many requests, and and they have a wonderful, largely volunteer staff that's very motivated and very motivated by their faith and by their belief in helping others. And so, you know, there there are other groups in this city that are helping provide furniture, bedding, and otherness home necessities to to families, and I just feel they've done a wonderful job. Your listeners can learn more about them by going to blessingboard.org, which describes all of their programs. But uh, And we've donated as a company uh, quite a lot of uh, furniture and uh, mattresses to them as well. So well, I Rich Garland's my man at the Blessing Board. I mean, to, he never says no. They're, they have these massive warehouses full of furniture that they donate to families in need. It, it's unbelievable because what my friend Robert Levin said is so true. Most of them, sir, are volunteers, which is magnificent. Yeah, it really is. And it's great for the volunteers, too, because they know they're doing one, you know, really important work in the community. So, I mean, that's what's another thing great about these programs, as you know, Marty, that and you get it because you help so many people. Oh, my man. When you're helping others, you know, it makes you feel better about yourself. It does, Knowing man. that you're doing something even though it's not solving the world's problems and taking care of everybody, but you're trying to do something. i tell you what, my man, you know this because you've been there. You walk into a house where the kids were sleeping on the floor and you give them beds. That's making a difference. Yeah. And it's beautiful, actually. Yeah. And I just, we all want to thank you, Marty, for doing the program, for conceptualizing it, for being a great partner, for being, you know, shouting from the rooftops and you know you're you're making a huge difference and uh uh i appreciate it man it's, fa it's fair when i tell people great. we're boys right we are boys right you're one of my boys yes yeah see what i'm saying <laughs> right he hooks me up with pillows big time <laughs> robert we have big plans we're going to change an even bigger world we can't we're in the works but man i can't thank you enough because you change lives and it's magnificent man magnificent Thank you, Marty, for making it happen, for having the show, for being out there, for letting people know what they can do. Um, you're really doing a great job. All right, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks. So next week we're going to find we – we're picking five families, and we're going to fill their homes with furniture. I don't even want to get into him saving 2,000 jobs. Look, the fact is 
He had an insanely successful business. And someone came in and bought it and jacked it up. And Robert said, uh-uh, I will not let that happen. This is the truth. He used his own money, his own equity, and saved that business, Living Furniture, in nearly 1,700 jobs. I'm serious. He's a magnificent, magnificent man. Let me admit to something. I could be kind of, um, what's the word? Irritating? Maybe even annoying? And I'm going to tell you some of the stuff I do because I'm seven years old. Two things. Those uh, donuts come in here every week from Oakmont Bakery. My man Patrick brings them, okay? It drives Raz crazy. It, it makes him twitch. When I open up the donuts and I take a section of one donut, it, I mean, it makes him nuts. I mean, he looks at me in a bad way. And I, and I do it. Excuse me. And I do it on purpose. So I literally walk up to the box of donuts, yank a piece of one donut, maybe a quarter, eat it and walk away, and then watch the madness occur. Why? You think I need counseling? You think I need Jesus? The other thing I do. And, and I, I, Zeiss, who's a bit odd as it is. You know what I'm saying? If I'm lying, I'm dying. He can't stand for some reason that only he knows, maybe a childhood thing. If you open up a box of donuts and don't close them. He's gone on hour-long rants on the air about... Jagoffs, you'd like to say it's in the dictionary, who leave the box of donuts open. So I just left the studio 10 minutes ago. I really don't eat sweets. It's not that I didn't used to like them, but I don't really like them anymore. I don't know what happened, but cancer treatment jacked that up. Probably a good thing. And I grabbed a chunk of a cookie and a chunk of a donut and then I opened the box of donuts and left them open. Samantha, will you run out real quick and look to your left and see if Zeiss closed the donut box in front of the sports studio? He's doing sports today. And I opened the box of donuts so that he could see them open. And now Samantha's conducting her own investigation. Um, it is in fact closed. Oh, it's closed. It's closed. Do you have the courage? to go out there with Zeiss watching and open the box of donuts and walk away. Do you have the courage to do that, young I lady? mean, probably. I'd be more more scared to just leave this room <coughs> and see what could happen when I'm not here. Because Larry isn't here to ha watch the dump button. Yeah. Okay, so please jump back out there, open the donuts, please, and come back in. Please, as a favor to me. And if he comes out with that... You can blame it on me. <laughs> I was telling um, Ariana Bassey, who was in here yesterday, who I love. My wife is trying to drop a couple pounds before Christmas. God bless her. 
She's amazing. Doesn't have to. I really don't ever, ever say anything about her because she's magnificent. So what I do is I get a bag of Doritos because she loves Doritos. And I open the bag of Doritos and I sit them on the counter in the kitchen. And then I go in the other room and wait for her to walk by because she can't stay away. It's like a mouse to cheese. She can't stay away from the Doritos. Does that make me a bad guy? Maybe. Did you open them? I did. I, he was. They were on air, so I wasn't able to get his attention. So this is sort of like a sit and wait. It's like setting a mouse trap. Yeah, it's a mouse trap. This isn't a. This isn't a direct attack. It's a. We got to sit and wait. Oh. What is his donut box to open a phobia thing? What is it? I think he just likes to get angry. The thing is, you and me are so different personality wise. It would scare the hell out of you, knowing because you're too kind that. You would intentionally take a chunk of a cookie just to irritate people. You would never do that. Yeah, I don't think I It would. doesn't cross your well, mind. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, if someone asked me to, like you, I probably would as See? a dare. But I, I, it would never, like, cross my mind to do that. So some way, somewhere, somehow, I decided that what makes me happy today is to open up a box of donuts and walk away. It's more of a social experiment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it really is. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.